So um, kind of in the thought process of different art media, we got pottery and painting. So sculptures and painting are taken care of. And you mentioned woodworking. Um, how about glass? Anything able with glass at the cultural center? Yes. we. If you come in and take a look at our classroom, you'll see there's a a box and it just has slats and slats and slats and it's just full of uh, different colored glass because we're hoping to do mosaic classes, some okay. stained glass classes, and we do a really cool garden art class too where you create like a big piece of stained glass sculpture on a pole for your garden Excellent. Uh, yeah, Bunny Dine does that one. So we're hoping to offer that one this summer. What about summer. glass beads? Making glass hmm, beads. That one I'm not familiar with, but... Okay, it's really fun to do. So so you make the beads? You make you, the beads. Wow. So Out of glass. Out of glass. So you get the glass rods, and then you sit down in front of a blowtorch, and you heat up the glass, and there's a special um, pipe that you use. And you make your bead and then you put it into, uh, it's a white fluffy something. I would have to ask my brother because he has all this stuff. We went over to his place and we made glass beads. And so he's got a, like a little place that he puts everything and it cools down. And then once it's cool, the next day you can pull it off the rod and you have a glass bead. Very cool. Would he it want is. to teach a class? At the he lives up center? in the up in Green Bay, oh. so yeah, probably not the best um, situation. But yeah, making glass beads it was always a lot of fun, and he made just tons of them. So he did the glass beads, and then he actually made the band to put them in. So he made all of us, all of his siblings, his my, me and my sister, a bracelet with glass beads. Oh, so cool. he actually made the bracelet itself because wow. he did the the weaving of the wire in order to make the bracelet. I mean, it, it was really cool. That is. I, yeah, I've never heard of that. Okay. So, so yeah, cool. we need some glass beads. Mm, yeah. Carrie comes from a very crafty family. I yes. should say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about um, glass blowing? No glass blowing. Okay. Usually things with fire, we're right now, we're a little concerned about in the new place, you know, but. Um, you get a couple scratches on right. it, then it's yeah. okay. You know, <laughs> that's it. it's the first couple Once that they get to you. Once it gets a couple owies, <laughs> yes. then, we'll then, be... we're, then we're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So something to look forward to is, you know, expanding <laughs> that glass and having some fire. Right. At the cultural center. So. And do you have areas dedicated, you know, more toward youth and having the the kids crafting area we're still working on the kids crafting area it's it's an idea and Jeannie Weymouth the artist that I talked about uh, earlier she and Mary have been in contact with somebody who's does a lot of that down in Madison so they have a lot of great ideas it's just a matter of having the time I think we have a spot in the in the center that we will put the kids area in and have things available. So by summer, we want to have that available because then the kids will be out available too. So. Yeah, well, it'll be out of school. And right. if they are into their, you know, whatever they, they like to work with, that way they can still continue that skill set. Mm-hmm. So that way when they pick pick it back up in the beginning of the school year, then they really haven't lost any mm-hmm. time. Right. They can continue to add on to that. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Jeannie, we, she's our in-house artist on Wednesdays. So we do have some drop-in projects. If people want to um, create a frame, we have things where people would just come in. They can work on uh, creating. It's um, The frame exists, and then you like glue things on the frame, okay. just kind of make it your own. We also have little square blocks, same, where you would do like, collaging mm-hmm. almost like a decoupaging you know where you use the what's a glue called uh, I think, a, isn't it called a decoupage glue it could be um i can't it's remember. in the the, the pink and in orange mm-hmm. yeah, yeah white yeah. container that's the one you know okay Mod so, Podge. there you Mod go that's what it is <laughs> yes okay success i don't remember so, names but i can remember labels and colors <laughs> yeah so wednesdays people can drop in and Jeannie will be there working on one of her projects okay or we have and and they don't have to 
If they want to see Jeannie in action or talk to her or things, that's Wednesdays. But Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, we have these drop-in projects available. Then I also wanted to mention next week, we will have Dean Langhoff in, uh, and Dean used to work for Custom Kitchens, and um, he's retired now, and he has gotten to be quite the coloring expert. So he has brought in these, you know, the adult coloring pages. Yes. He colors them with colored pencils, and his shading is amazing. He is like, got it down to an art. And so he has brought some of his coloring pages in and he's framed them and we're selling them in the cultural center. Well, he'll be at the cultural center the week of April 5th. So on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he'll have sheets available too. And so if you want to come in and color with Dean, you can come on in and color and he will teach you some of his shading tricks and kind of, you know, I'm down for some coloring. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Might as well I, learn from the master. Exactly. See, and I used to do more of the black and white. And especially when I was really getting into photography, photography is all about shadow. And so just the the monochrome was, you know, really illustrative of learning how shadows work and how to look at them. But mm-hmm. yeah, coloring brings a whole nother depth and, and the shading of the coloring. And, and it just brings it more alive. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes. You should definitely go to that, Carrie. I should. I should still do some color coloring. at a second grade level. That's probably where I'm going to be at too. <laughs> in the lines. In the lines. So now if someone in the community has an interesting idea or perception on, you know, maybe they want to offer classes and stuff, you you take guest instructors and... We do. We um, we just ask that people would call and make an appointment and then we'd sit down and talk with them, kind of see what they're interested in, in presenting. And that's exactly what happened with that writing class. Do you test them out of, okay, well, I'm going to pretend to be the student today. Can you walk us through? So that way, you know, you don't get the the instructor who, you know, has not the skills to, to teach. And so it would be like a bad combination. Yes. They want to be able to, you know, do this, but they're probably more set towards you know what, you'd be really good for having an artist come in and display and talk about your stuff versus the yeah, sit we, down and teach. But kind of like in the, the business atmosphere, you've got people who are really good at their jobs, but they're not good at teaching other people mm-hmm. how to do that job. Yeah, we're pretty familiar with most of our instructors. So okay. small town. Yeah. Right, right. And um, with the class sizes being anywhere from three to eight people, I think we have that ability where if the our, our instructor can connect pretty easily with the with the students and they almost you know at times will be getting one on one time with the instructor, which due is to nice. The small size of the classes. And no, I do not want to teach. There's so many things that you're good at. I know, like like really good at. I do my small little basket weaving class <gasps> with with We've the got people. Got requests for that too. Matchmaker, there you go. Whoa. Yeah. So honestly, we have gotten requests. People want to learn how to do basket oh, weaving. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah, I've been doing well, basket we weaving go. for almost twenty. Okay, Tyler's twenty three, so I've been doing it for twenty three years. Wow. And so yeah, working with us at the end of your transaction with us, we give you a homemade basket oh, cool. that I've I've. That's what I do. I just sit down and I'll just weave a couple baskets and. Um, Yep, we just weave the basket and you get the basket, you get the little homemade jelly from us. And then it, we now started working with fallen pine. Oh, yeah. It's so fallen. Soaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's the goats. I call it the fallen goats. Goat soap. Yes, yeah. it's goat soap. I mean, it's really cool. If I'm yeah. not looking oh, at yes. the label, I'm not going to remember the name, but I call it the goat soap. But, you know, doing those small little local stuff of right. welcoming someone into our community, you get this, you know. So we've got sure. this really cool basket and. It all fits in the basket quite nicely, so that way you get something cool at the end of the day with us. Very cool. Yeah. So, and, and the basket weaving is therapeutic. It is. I mean, it, it's it's really once you get into a rhythm of it, it's like the knitting or you mm-hmm. know all those repetitive things where you can just sort of be part of your craft. Yeah, you could almost. I mean, I'm almost to the point where I could just 
basket weave in the dark because it's just one of those things. Once I get into it, it's like, okay, basket one is done. Two is done. Three is done. Four is kind of a struggle just because it just hurts my hands so much. And you're playing in water. So by the time that you're, oh, sure. you're, you're done, it's like pruny fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now I don't want to touch water for a couple of days, but yeah, I've done a couple of classes. Oh, you need with, to rethink that. Okay. I'll rethink Please. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We right. are, we are getting requests for that. Yeah. It's so much fun. I mean, I just really enjoy it. It's something very relaxing to do mm-hmm. and it's very cost effective. So, I mean, the we like that too. Right. So when you can do anything that's cost effective yet too on top of it, it's like bonus. Mm-hmm. So, and it's one of these things where it just fits kind of like in a small little bin and it can be just kind of tucked away. And so whenever we need to do closing baskets, I just haul everything out and it's on wheels now. So that way I can just pull it out yeah. and do some basket weaving. And in a couple of hours, we got, you know, four or five done and we just kind of continue on. Perfect. Very cool. Yes, please rethink that. I will rethink that. Okay. So now when you have classes on site and, you know, we we pay for the classes, part of that is for the stuff to do the classes. So in that case, it would be the read to weave the baskets. Mm -hmm. Um, Does the cultural center get some of that as partial funding? I'm trying to get at, you know, what are your income streams? So we pay our instructors $25 an hour. So they're not donating their time. They are paid. They are artists. They deserve to be paid. And so, so that's also figured into the cost of the class. So it's class and materials and how, what is the lowest number we need to break even? So usually that number is three. So if if an instructor says, you know what? don't want to get paid. I just want to do this just for fun because I want to take my craft and my skill and spread it. So yeah. that way it, have you ever ran across the whole entire instructors go, you know what? Well, people do it. say that, but we're like, you're an artist and you deserve to be paid for being an artist. So don't sell yourself short. That's like, you know, people expecting musicians to play for free. They're artists. You know, you're trying to make a living as an artist. Why shouldn't you? Oh, you'll you'll get exposure. Oh, you'll get exposure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which is a great thing, but the water and light doesn't take exposure as credit. Exactly. Yep. Doesn't pay for the snow plowing or the, yeah, like you said, the water No, but they take stickers. I accidentally (laughs) sent them stickers. I sent the bill and I would pay with stickers. Okay. This is like years and years ago when, when the boys were like little. And so, yeah, we were putting stickers on just about everything. And so, yeah, the bills got stickers for, you know, a month, you know, so they took the stickers. Made somebody's day. It did. And so paying for the classes and the instructors and, and that's awesome. And you have a gift shop on site. Is some of that funding as well? Right. So we work on a commission base, and so 25%. When you put something in our gift shop, you figure your price, including the 25% that the cultural center will get from that. So, and that's usually something pretty pretty standard. Right, and we, in fact, 25% is very reasonable. Yes. I think a lot of consignment shops are anywhere from 30 to 40%. So That's actually, what I've seen before. Yeah, but we've... When we started in the new location, we kind of talked about that. And in this time of COVID, because so many artists, you know, art shows were being canceled and all the like Tinsel Trail and all those different exhibits and and places where these artists had counted on selling things, mm-hmm. um, they just didn't have that opportunity last year. So we thought it was very important that the artists get as much from whatever they were producing as possible and it still be economically feasible for us too. So, but, right. so that's why we're at 25% right now. Okay. But that's still awesome. So if someone doesn't want to just donate money directly, they can, you know, help in these other ways too. Sure. And, yeah. and get a little bit of a return on their investment more than you know, something they can keep on the dining room table or have as part of their day to continue to bring them joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing for people to consider uh, in this, you are getting something for your money, but that we do rent out different rooms in the cultural center. And so we have the exhibit space, which is the most expensive. 
Um, but then we also have our classroom space and we also have the conference room. And we do have a kitchen with a double oven. We don't have a stove, but we have the microwave and oven and sink, of course. So so if you want to have a catered event, I, you can do that pretty easily. And uh, had the fire marshal come through and we can put f- quite a few people in that building. So Excellent. Yes. It's a really great space. It yeah. is a wonderful space and it's only going to get better. And And even just in the very simple portion of it being an art studio in the main rotunda area if you could think of it as that it does feel like that Mm -hmm. so it's really cool to see that you guys got in there it is and you just kind of go through it and it's like but wait there's more here's a pottery studio off to the side and whoa here's a music practice room and what you have a kitchen way back there so and even the bathrooms are fabulous they are so you know, you have to check out the bathrooms. You go to the culture center, check out the bathroom. So we have got some tables and the bathroom to check out. Right. All three bathrooms. Each one is different. Right. Signature so, style. And so, the vault. And the vault. And the vault. So those yes. those are the three things to definitely take a look at. So, but the really cool thing is with the bathroom. So we'll kind of highlight a little bit on that. But each one is painted in a different theme. Right. Yeah, Jeannie Weymouth. Again, I mentioned Jeannie a lot. She's been so generous to us with her time. And she freehand painted each bathroom. One is uh, the ladies' room. It's got two large flowers and then some leaves in it. And then we have like a family bathroom, and that has the poppies in it. If you mm-hmm. love poppies, you'll love this because they are giant poppies. And then in the men's room, we have sunflowers, although people say they think they look like eyeballs, but uh, they're sunflowers. Well, excellent. So definitely, yeah, come check out the cultural center and make sure you stop by the bathrooms. Right. Yeah. If not for anything else, but just to use the restroom. Exactly. There's something for everybody. There is. Yes. So, and we have had a couple people stop in and be like, yeah, I'd like to get a money order or where's your ATM or, oh, it's down by tractor supply now. I'm sure it will take a little while right, for, for those right. to go away, but at least you can kind of catch some business and you can go, well, would you like to come take a look at our, you know, our, our area here <laughs> and look at our artwork. Yeah. We still oh, one person did want to see their safe deposit box. We're like, sorry, you don't even want to go in that vault <laughs> now because there's no safe deposit boxes in there. All right. So I see that you, you have a list of things to talk about. Did we touch on Let everything? Because we want to make sure we get yeah, everything we- in, in here. Well, there's just so much going on at I know, the cultural right? center. You know, I guess I would give a shout out to our board of directors because, okay. you know, uh, we are a nonprofit organization and a good nonprofit doesn't run without a great board. So shout out to our board of directors. Our board chair is Steve Kipfer. Many of you may recognize him. He is a teacher at mm-hmm. East Junior High, now retired. And then we have Stephanie Hartman. And Lois Altman's on our board, and Jim Lucas, and Sarah Saluski, and Allison Bruner is our newest member. So we have a really great age-wise diverse board and um, very engaged and very passionate about the arts. So um, we, we love our board. Very good to work with, too. And it's not a rubber stamp board. We do a lot of discussion, and so... um, it's just uh, a great group of people to work with. So kudos to our board for bringing us to where we are today. Excellent. Okay. So kind of final question of the segment, what is your like most, your personally, what are you looking forward to the most here in this next year? I tell people all the time, it's the music, you know, me being a musician, I'm a drummer. Uh, COVID has been such a, has not been kind. No, not to musicians, to singers that don't sing in choir at church anymore. And and we used to, my husband and I, he plays accordion, I play drums. And he, you know, we used to go monthly to one of the local nursing homes. And so we haven't done that for a year, over a year now. So we're just waiting for the day when we can have music and bring music back. So I, that is what I'm looking forward to people singing and having four on the floor, which is our house band at the 
Cultural Center having them back together and performing and rocking the house that way. Pete Ravel and his band of crazies there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man, that is some good music. So to get those groups of people in, tapping their toes, singing along, clapping, uh, that'll, that'll be music to my ears. To well, be cliched. Sorry. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for coming over, Carol. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate this. What a great, great opportunity. What a great show. Yes. And I'll think about the instructor. We'll talk a little Basket bit more after. Yep. Yes. Well, we'll talk carry. a little bit afterwards yes. here. There's just so many. This is another just great asset that the people in Wisconsin Rapids and our area have. So when people move here and maybe they work in Stevens Point or Marshfield or some other location, but they're living here because, you know, it's a great option. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do here. And this is just another great, great part of it. Yep. We always say we're one of the best kept secrets in Rapids, but hopefully not for long. That was certainly nice having Carol over the cultural center. Just phenomenal asset here in Wisconsin Rapids. Yes, it is. And I had to run upstairs and just grab the the soap that we put in our basket so I can get the correct name out there. So it's Falling Pine Farm here in, I believe it says the Wisconsin Rapids, but I think the mailing address is Wisconsin Rapids, but it's out in Rudolph. So, or it's like in that, like in between stage. So I know that it's a local farm here that's that's in and it's the goat milk soap. The goat soap. Yes. Yeah. So it's Fallen Pine Farm. And if you want to take a look or want to check out, you know, what flavors that they have, I know that Off Your Rocker carries her line. So you can always just stop off at Off Your Rocker off of Whit Rock and check it out. Well, that would be the question is, do we go to them direct as a, you know, just general public or would we go to a, a place and off the rocker would be it. Yeah. Off the rocker. So I believe she's got like four locations in Wisconsin Rapids. It's going to be all of those little mom and pop shops that are going to be carrying it. But I know off the rocker has it. Um, I'm just not sure about the other three of where those are located, but they have a wonderful Facebook page and you can follow the goats online and uh, <laughs> you can, you can learn about their story, but it's a really cool place. I would love to go check it out this, this spring or the summer again, you know, for able to, but you know, super cool lady got to chat with her for a little bit and um, awesome soaps. I really do like them. I wonder if they can provide goat milk for culinary use for food use that I don't think so. Okay. Because just with uh, regulations, sure. health department regulations, I'm going to say no, do not think so. And soaps, you're not supposed to eat the soaps. Right. Although they smell delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, we had gotten one for about the Christmas time and it, it smelled just phenomenal. Yes. Like, like you're just bathing in a Christmas tree. I cannot remember what it was. It was, it was some, some wintry scent and it was, it was great. They're very pungent scents and it's, they're just awesome. So we're going to put some of those in our closing baskets then, yeah? Yep. They are, they go in with all of our closing baskets. So that way, uh, you know, you get a little bit of taste of rapids. Awesome. Again, don't eat the soap. That is correct. So what do we have for the market? Well, for the market. So today, it's been an active week as far as the MLS listings go. Right. Of We've course, had a the, lot of these are pre-recorded shows. So yep. this is Wednesday, the thirty-first, the end of March. Yep. So this is right before Easter, or you're gonna be listening to this on Easter Sunday. So Happy Easter. Exactly. So what's been going on in the market? We've been super active with a lot of land coming up. So a lot of people are looking at dividing off land. Or if it's already been pre-divided off, they're ready to sell it. So we've got a lot of land that came up on the market throughout the week. But the nice thing is we are at a lovely 17 homes to go take a look at today. Like home home, normal homes? Like normal homes. Okay, so not, not just land, although there is a lot of land available. There is a lot of land. <clears throat> so what kind of homes are available here midweek? Well, again, we've got... I'm going to just kind of shrink this down just a little bit more so I can get all 17 on one screen. Um, so again, we're ranging from that 30, 35,000 all the way up to 729. 
So we've got a lot of the nice things. We're starting to see a lot of that opening in between that hundred and it looks like 165. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, five homes that are in that price range. So again, it's starting to open up, which is great. Right. Spring has sprung. Mm -hmm. It's starting to feel like that, even though it was really, really windy this week. Spring is in the air. Right. And it was really great getting outside. But we have, you know, like I said, five homes in that price range between that 100 and 165. So definitely an, an opportunity to get out there and, and see some homes. And granted, you know, if people have been looking. We're going to be seeing a lot of showings on these homes yet, too, because we've had such a shortage for such a long time that once we get that home on the market, it just explodes. And we've got people over there nonstop. And there are a lot of real estate agents in this area and each of them have easily five or six families that would fit in these listings that are coming up. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, I mean, do some simple math. That's going to be just a lot of eyes on each house. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be writing offers on that house. It might not fit for them, but you know, that there's going to be a little bit of competition. Right. And it's going to be one of those things we experienced that this week, we took a family out because we wanted them to look at a particular part of the home. Mm -hmm. We knew the home was not going to be a match, but there was part of the home that I needed to see their thoughts and feelings on. So a lot of the times too, it's going and seeing these homes, you know, still make that, that call and say, Hey, I still want to go see it because I'm curious about this little cute aspect of the home. I want to see if that is something that I really want to have. Or is it something that I'm really not going to like and I'm going to just need to stay away from it? Because pictures tell you one thing, but actually going into the home and seeing it is like another, it's a whole new world. It is. And you got one of the biggest compliments I think I've heard this week that a realtor could get. And it is the client going, you know what? You were right. This doesn't fit me. You really know what we're looking for. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's having those conversations. You know, we spent hours with our, with our buyers, because we want to make that good match. We want to be able to walk into a home and hear the excitement and go, you know what, this is going to be a good match for you versus, okay, I think I could settle for this. And then in three months, we're now listing it and trying to find something new for you. So we like to take the time to find that perfect home. If you're not really 100% on board, I'm okay with the, let's not do this. We can continue looking. This is okay. And is, it, it is exciting that new properties are coming on the market. So, you know, like you said, things are opening up and offers are still getting accepted. Mm -hmm. uh, we just had in this last week, what, what I count, like three offers. Yep, on we a had buyer three side. offers on the buyer side. One was the secondary even. Mm -hmm. So that, that's something that sellers are still open to. Um, they, you know, as a whole, they haven't blocked off that mentality of we're not going to entertain secondary offers. Right. So it's a, it's a different challenge to run with that secondary offer, but it's still an accepted offer situation. Right. And it's one of those things, if you are in that secondary position, it's not a guarantee mm -hmm. you are going to be purchasing the home. It just means you're next in line. You could be one of 15 people next in line. We never know how many secondary offers are out there, but at least you got your foot in the door where something does happen to that primary. The buyer, the sellers do know that, hey, I've got another buyer who's willing to come and buy this home. It's, it's, it's a good way to be. And, you know, that really, I think that it'll start boosting buyer confidence as well um, because you, you didn't write outrageously unusual buying or purchase offers. I mean, it, it was fairly standard offers and they had some contingencies that are normal. And it's not like they're just paying cash with no contingencies at all. And that's the only way that they got accepted. Right. They, they were normal people with normal offers. And yeah, we're, we're making matches. Yeah, we just want to make sure that we definitely match the home to the family 100%. And... Make sure it, it, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And we will take that time. You know, we don't do the whole entire, here's the five homes you need to pick one. And then I'm moving on to the next person and I, I'm done with you. It's not, we're going to hold your hand. We're going to take you through it. And if it takes us 200 homes, it took us 200 homes, but we're going to be there with you all the way through. 
It'll just take us a little bit longer to find those 200 homes this time of year. And it really will, <laughs> but we can do it. Instead of a couple of years ago. <clears throat> That's just the, the way the market is. Um, and also, so it's the end of the month. It is the 31st of March. Mm -hmm. So I can look in the MLS and I can take a note of what has sold. Okay. So in the Wisconsin Rapids area, mm -hmm. residential. Mm -hmm. um, see, this month we had 31 homes sold. Which is basically almost one a month. One a day, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one whatever. <laughs> Which is a really good average. And so if that's any indication, we're going to be seeing numbers coming from the county and state level at, again, one of the highest, you know, in the top 10 months ever since, you know, our records go back to 2007 here on, on the internet. Correct. And uh, let's see. The high price, $300,000. The low price, $33,500. The median price, $132,000. Which is great. I mean, that's that's the average home these days people are looking for. So, I mean, that's that's falling right in line with what we've been seeing and what we've been hearing from the buyers of, I only want to spend, you know, under that 135 if I can get it for, for 120 That'd be awesome. And it's encouraging to see that staying as, I guess, average as it has been mm -hmm. and not really, you know, bouncing up crazy into the $150,000, $160,000 median price. Right. So these are all really, really good signs. It is. It is. So it, it's really great to see. I'm excited about this, you know, April coming up here tomorrow and seeing what it, what it brings. No fools on April Fool's Day. No, but if we get spring showers, we can have some flowers. Yes. And it's, you know, getting to be that time. We're playing in the yard. We're moving some some of the landscaping around. We are. We're trying to get the, uh, you know, we keep calling it the fire pit area and we're trying to get that all set up and, and going. It's just, it's going to take time to move all the rocks from point A to fire pit. So it's going to be a very strenuous summer of trying to get the rocks in the correct place. But then we also have some flower beds that need to get filled too. So it's going to be a crazy, crazy summer in the backyard. Well, it's going to be a, a push here in the springtime to get things set up. And then I think summer is going to kind of level off. Um, we're going to have some family gatherings. So mm -hmm. um, that'll be interesting as the beginning of summertime approaches. So yeah, getting that in, getting the garden in. The the only two things I really want to see done this summer is to get the fire pit area set up and kind of rocking and then just get the the garden in, get the beds filled and get the seeds in the ground. And once that happens, I'm sitting out by the fire and just having a cold one. Yep. And I'm and gonna, just enjoying it. I'm going to take care of some bushes around. Um, All five of them. Yeah. They got a little out of hand. Mm -hmm. from the, the previous owner and no fault of their own. It just, the bushes grew and they weren't managed quite as much. I mean, bushes are one of those things that, that do take some, some effort a couple times a year. And if you don't cut them back far enough, they just start going wild. So, and they're in kind of awkward spots for what we want to do in the yard as well. Right. So as long as we can get rid of Okay, now I'm trying to count. I think there's seven. About that, yeah. There's seven that need to come out, four of which I just, I don't like that type of bush to begin with. So I just want them gone for that purpose mm -hmm. because it's not something I really, I enjoy looking at. So, and the other ones are kind of in the way. So you're going to sit by the fire and I'm going to move some bushes. Yep. I'm going to man the fire and make sure it burns. Sounds good. <laughs> and also, so filling the garden beds, I believe April 14th is the opening date for the uh, compost recycling yard waste site. Oh, we're going to be. We're going to be over there a lot. Oh, mm -hmm. yes, we are. So again, managing a new property, we had a lot of cleanup in the fall and it happened right about the time that those uh, compost sites, the yard waste sites were closing. And so. We had to hold on to those over the winter. Well, and, and kind of same the thing that you kind of touched on earlier. You know, it was an older family that lived here 
And, you know, grandma made the, she moved into a nursing home. And so wasn't able to take care of everything well. And we have so many piles of brush. So, I mean, it's brush pile after brush pile kind of in the, in the backyard that we need to, we need to get out. We need to get it removed. So that way we don't have the, the bugs. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand. We live in the country. I get it. You know, bugs do happen. You know, it's (laughs) part of, you know, the circle of life and everything like that. But I do know from past experiences, if you keep all that, the rotting stuff down, then they're not going to be, there's going to be less of them. And that's kind of the goal at this point is make sure that there's less of them than eventually finding them in the house. Right. We, we enjoyed the insects and the critters and the creatures, but we don't want them in the house where we live. Um, Except for our cat. The cat can stay. The cat has to stay. Yeah, it does. Um, but that means we can also, so we can get those out. We can, you know, manage the area around the house naturally and not have to, you know, really rely on pesticides to mm-hmm. take care of that. So that'll be excellent. And then we can start filling those garden boxes out with black dirt. Yeah. Black compost. We're going to, we're going to be doing something. I'm thinking next summer, we're probably going to be approaching that second half. And that might be a bring in some black dirt and lay down some black dirt just to kind of help with that because we keep going over there and kind of touching the ground, kicking the ground. And we're realizing there's two inches of pine needles that are on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's just going to take forever to rake up. And, you know, quickest, easiest way to get rid of them is to bury them. Exactly. And that'll help level out that area. Um, we might have to treat it with some lime because I'm sure the pine needles are pretty acidic, especially that, that amount of pine needles over that that long of time sitting Unless there. Unless we plant some blueberry bushes. They like that acidic soil. Oh, so that'd be awesome. Yeah. You'd have to plant like a lot of them. It could be a blueberry bush forest. Well, what if we made like a hedge with blueberry bushes? Sure. Do you know to kind of do a little bit of that separation? <laughs> so many great ideas. You can have a blueberry hedge. All of our conversations come back to food, don't it? it apparently it does. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. The market as it relates to the national market. So we've got some news from National Association of Realtors. Nothing really startling or, you know, earth shatteringly new, but again, reinforcing that, you know, the housing market's going to be crazy. Interest rates are going to rise just a little bit. Um, We have the Fed, the Federal Reserve announcing that they're going to maintain interest rates or excuse me, they're going to maintain their Fed rates nice and low and steady throughout the year. Okay. And they, I mean, the, the federal government doesn't really reg or they don't, they might regulate a little bit, of course. You know, it's all intertwined. Always follow right. the money. But they're not the, the main instigator of mortgage rates. The mortgagers take care of that side of things. But it's a lot of based on the federal rate as well. So if the Fed rate stays low and consistent through the year, then mortgage rates should as well. And we're already seeing, you know, a little bit bump up. We're seeing some pre-approvals in the 3%, but that was it's to be expected. It's nothing really crazy. Anyway. Yeah. It's no. nothing really crazy of coming in, you know, at a 5%. So it's nice to still see those, those low interest rates. They also talked about housing starts and the National Association of Home Builders is reporting that new housing so the the starts for building a new house is down a little bit, and it's kind of a, a seasonal sort of thing as well. Also, it's the builders having to readjust for lumber prices, and so now if you haven't yet started your project, the builder's going to look at this and say, "Oh my goodness, the lumber prices have quadrupled. I'm going to totally lose out on my contracted rate because it's way too low." It was based on last year's prices. Right. So going to the um, person who wants to build their house and saying, hey, we have to look at this and adjust it. Well, a lot of those people are saying, you know, just doubled the price of my house. And we've really been encouraging those, our buyers who are starting to look outside the the pre-built home. So looking at that vacant land, we're having them go and start talking with the builders and also talking to the banks of, yeah, you've been pre-approved for that conventional loan. 
but talk to them about doing a building loan. Might be set up just a little bit different. And then that way you can build a house for everything that you're looking for. And we can then find the land. The land is going to be easy for us to find. Mm -hmm. It's going to be whether or not you can find the builder. So we've had some buyers, you know, start down that road, okay, of let's just talk with the bank. Let's talk with the builder. Let's kind of see what we're thinking here to see if, you know, building is an option or if it's completely out of the the idea. And like you said, lots are prevalent. There's a lot of lots coming on. Uh, We do keep an eye on the lots down by the Lake Arrowhead and Camelot and Sherwood areas. And there's a lot of selection down there. There is. Um, on the golf courses as well, mm-hmm. but on also intercity lots. So if you want to build in town and have city sewer and water, you know, plenty of those lots available as well. Right. We have the options. And when we see someone talking about doing land, there's a whole bunch of other questions that go with land. Mm-hmm. So with the house, it's kind of, you know, do you want your well water and septic, your radon, your home inspection, there's that. But then when it switches over to the land, there's extra questions we get to ask you. Because things aren't already there. We right. have to prepare to make them. And we need to make sure that in the offer to purchase for the land, that it's going to be able to be, you're going to be able to use that piece of land for your intent. So if you think you're going to be buying something, you know, for hunting, and then in like a year or so, you're going to be putting up a house on it. Well, if we there's no buildable space on there, we'd rather find out now versus later on because now we just have a piece of land for hunting and we can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So it just we ask a lot more in-depth, detailed questions. It's more or less just to make sure that we're protecting you as the buyer for this piece of land. So that way, if extra permits needs to be taken care of, we can write that in. We can take care of some of those strange and unusual moving parts when it comes to vacant land. It's not always as easy as I would like the piece of land and I just want to buy it. And it really goes back to the same thought process we have when we're trying to navigate through a normal home purchase is will it fit you and what are your needs and how are you going to grow into it? Because we hope that you stay in there for a good long time. Right. You know, we don't, we don't like to see, you know, homes that come back up on the market, you know, three months after they've been purchased because we can do the, it wasn't the house for them. And we've heard a story about that earlier today about that. You know, they bought a house just to get into a home and it's not the home that they want, but they bought the house, they're in it. They're still searching for a home and now they're gonna have to sell this house in order to get the home that they do want. Luckily to sell a house is pretty quick and easy these days. Yeah. I say pretty easy, but then, you know, you got those contingencies to work through. So sometimes what we think is quick and easy may be a stretch. We may have, you know, to postpone some closings due to home inspections or, you know, a radon test, you know, something that we weren't expecting, but we want to make sure that the house is in good workmanlike manner when it goes to the new buyer. And we... Our realtors, along with the other realtors in the area, but certainly Coto Banker, we're here to help you as both buyers and sellers navigate through those things. Mm-hmm. That That is our job. Yep. I mean, if you need us to be calling people, we're happy to call the people. I mean, we can set up those, you know, if you need to find that electrician, we're great at finding the electricians and getting them in and getting things done. So that way you as the homeowner don't have to have that stress. You just know that we're taking care of it. All you got to do is say, hey, Carrie, can you find me the the electrician? Can you find me the plumber? Can you find Mm -hmm. me this contractor that can take care of this? Because really don't know who to call. And we'll we'll find a bunch of options and the homeowner can choose. And then if they would like, we can navigate through the rest of the, uh, you know, lining them up and getting them in Mm because we have access to the house, to the lockbox and whatnot. So we can facilitate all that. Yep. Excellent. So here, here's a fun one. Remember our National Association of Realtors, they go through what's hot and not with style trend professional, Melissa Dittman Tracy. All righty. So this week is kind of something that uh, we're used to. It's about fire pits. Ooh. Yeah. So how about portable fire pits versus in-ground fire pits? So the portable Fire pits, do you think those are hot or not? I'm going to go with not. They actually are hot. Really? 
because they're portable and with the pandemic wanting to, you know, get out of our house, kind of social distance, mm-hmm. but still be friendly with the neighbors who we're actually friends with sometimes. Okay. Bring that portable fire pit out to the driveway. Oh yeah, I can see that. They can be in their driveway. You know, we can enjoy some beverages across the street. Get the, you know, four or five neighbors together and we all have a little bit of fire. Excellent. I can see that. Yeah. So the portable fire pit is actually hot and it's Hmm. hot when it's burning. It is. So gas versus log, what do you think would be more enjoyable? I think a log. Usually. Yep. Um, and it depends where the people are as well. Uh, I, I know we are doing a lot more with the condo situations mm-hmm. um, or the homeowners associations. So some of those, the gas-fired fireplaces, you know, even though portable and you can roast your marshmallows on them, but it's easier to have those and it is easier to conform with the HOA and the condo association as well. Yeah. And it's always important to check out those associations too of the rules so that way, you know, you don't get your heart set on something and then get told, I'm sorry, but you need to take that down. Definitely. Especially if you're a new homeowner, a new buyer in that association, uh, getting used to the nuances and who's the president and how, you know, who's the people to talk to and who are the ones that keep an eye on things in the association. Mm -hmm. So, okay. How about another trend of planting the big majestic oak tree in front of the house. I'm going to go with not. It's, it's not, but people are still wanting to plant things as far as um, trees and shrubbery. I can see like apple, you know, some cherry trees. Some fruit some, trees. Yeah, some fruit trees that are going to be a little bit smaller. I mean, I'm just kind of having flashbacks to our big windstorm that came in 2019 and took out the city of Rapids and all of the big trees landing on the homes. I'm thinking that was not time to take some of those down and plant some smaller ones. Well, and the other problem is that your big majestic oak tree, even though they do grow fairly fast, they tend to grow out and laterally. So if you plant them too close to the house, well, now you got issues with roots. So understanding where your sewer lines are and keeping them at least 20 feet, if not more away from your house and your foundation, Mm -hmm. um, that was suggested by the National Arborist Association. So make sure they're well into the the front yard and away from the house. And again, if you're going to be have, if you do have these big trees in your yard and you're thinking about taking them down, please contact someone first and just kind of talk with them. Because again, you know, if you're trying to knock it down and you're not realizing where those root systems are and now you've just poked a hole in your foundation Mm -hmm. may not be something that you would be wanting to do so just kind of reaching out and getting a second opinion of okay you know i'd want to take down this tree there's a lot of companies out there who will actually just drop the tree for you and you can do all the cleanup and then you can keep the wood for the fire pit exactly see it all comes around it does and yeah, the uh, the fruit trees are usually shorter, so they're not going to get into the power lines if those are close by, mm-hmm. you know, those things. One of the benefits of having trees, um, especially on the southern side of the house, is providing shade in the summertime. So it'll help keep the energy bills down. Uh, the leafy trees that drop their leaf, well, now you've got to deal with them in the lawn, but then that'll still open up that canopy for the wintertime so you can get the sun in. Right. So it's, you know, always a good time. I mean, you can always, you know, talk, talk with some nurseries and just kind of go, okay, this is my yard. You know, if you got some aerial pictures of it, great. Take those along with so that way you can say, okay, well, here's what the yard looks like. What kind of tree should I put in here? So that way I get the right tree for my home. Well, and one of the things that we found with our previous house, having the apple tree in back uh, to keep it healthy, it needs to be pollinated as normal. Mm-hmm. and you might need to have like another tree nearby. So our neighbors did have some apple trees and some other fruit trees so they could pollinate each other. pollinate yeah. And that was great. Uh, So you might need to plant two just to keep the trees healthy in the first place. Um, One of the downsides with our apple tree was what fell from the tree every October was apples. Oh yeah, we had the apples on the ground. 
but we didn't have the wasps and the hornets like we've had in previous years. Sure. So that was the nice thing. I think that is like the, if you look at my two children and go, the apples fell, who's going out there to pick up the apples? It is like almost playing rock, paper, scissors to see who's really going out there to pick up the apples. That is like the number one most hated chore from my children is going out there and having to pick up apples off the ground. Well, it's no fun having to fight against the bees and wasps for that same fruit. Well, we had the the tree that that sparked this. It was a very large, mature apple tree. Okay. So we were picking up maybe five, five gallon buckets of apples every day. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, we could go out there and just pick up like 10 apples. I mean, this was, you spent half the day picking up apples off the ground. So it kind of was a huge chore and it was never fun. Yeah. At our, our last house, the tree we had planted. And so it, it was only a few years old and we didn't have that many apples on that one. No, no, we didn't. It was, well, when we planted it and then we had a couple of storms, it didn't really fare very well in the storms. Right. And I wasn't also up to date with um, proper uh, herbicide management or no, that's not the word I'm looking for, but spraying for diseases. Mm-hmm. So uh, it got some, some uh, what's it called, dollar spot or whatnot. It's the red bullseyes. And that really sucked the life out of that season. Uh, we had the, the June bugs, yep. the, the Asian beetles come through, and, and that was a fiasco the next year. So we learned a lot along those ways. We did. But so if you want to plant trees, it's a good idea. It can be a good benefit, but make sure you get some education about how to take care of them and watch out so that they don't get too close to the house. Right. I mean, I always like to do, you know, nothing close to the house. If there's bushes, at least have it be, you know, like a small one. You know, my favorite to point out is our famous bee bomb. That's got, you know, it's got a, it's a pretty plant, Mm -hmm. but it's got shallow roots. So it's not something that's going to be hurting the foundation or anything like that. And depending upon your bee bomb, it could totally take over your yard and you could have a nice big four foot round bush. Just remember to water it and a little bit of fertilizer. Just a little bit. It's kind of like humans. You know, we're houseplants with complicated emotions. Yes, very much so. <laughs> All right. So it's about the end of our hour. Well, I'm really going to hope. I'm going to wish everybody a happy Easter from Cole Banker Seward and from Ben and I. I really do hope that you guys are spending some time with family this weekend and have a great Easter and enjoy your, your family. And you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye. 